Tonight we're going to be starting a new series. Uh, our church is doing a focus starting on Sunday. Uh, pray first, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're just going to piggyback right off that and talk about prayer, okay? So tonight we're going to be talking about prayer. Uh, before we do, um, before we get into it, I want to show you a picture of my friend. Um, oh, Abby's texting me right now. That's my wife. She texted me five times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about this. We, I want to announce, I wanna, we have a, a really cool thing that happened over the break. We had our very own Nate Chansky and Kayla Osink get engaged. You guys stand up. You're going to hate this. Stand up. Stand up. Don't kiss. Don't kiss, okay? Okay, that, save that for the wedding. No, but they got engaged over, uh, over the little break that we had, so we're super excited for them. And... Uh, and this, is, uh, this was kind of out of the blue, but it's really cool. Um, some of you know Olivia Walker. Olivia Walker is over there. She got married last Friday. She got married to Landry Bailey. Yeah. So we had some, uh, we had a lot, of, a lot of action going. We had a lot of things going on over the break here. So I realized, okay, we're moving on. So I want to show you, I want to show you a picture of my friend. Uh, his name's Asher. Uh, Asher's in the youth. Um, so this was about a, uh, maybe a little over a year ago. Uh, I was over at Ben and Kendra Lepsch's house, and they had some students over, and uh, and Asher was was playing with a Rubik's cube, and so I was like, dude, like show me how to solve that thing. You know, how many of you have ever played with the Rubik's Cube? You have no idea what you're doing. So you're like, just like flipping it. You're like, this is impossible, you know? So I asked Asher, I was like, teach me how to solve this Rubik's Cube. So he tried to teach me how to solve it. And he, he showed me some of the tricks. And he showed me some of the, really the philosophy behind a Rubik's Cube. And then I went to another great teacher. Um, his name is YouTube. And I went and I searched on YouTube how to solve a Rubik's Cube. And, and so then I went on YouTube and I, I, tried, I learned how to solve it. And then I went back to Asher. And then he, he started teaching me all these little tricks of how to, how to solve a Rubik's Cube faster and faster, little shortcuts, and, and really try to just decrease, or, or just decrease the amount of time that it takes me to solve it. And so over, over a period of months, uh, Asher taught me how to solve a Rubik's Cube. And uh, some of you were like, yeah, prove it. Prove it. I'll bring it next week. Um, and so really, uh, with, with, with all of life, with really anything, it's always helpful to have a good teacher. Whether you're learning how to change oil, whether you're learning how to do a budget, whether you're learning how to do multiple, multiple different things, whether it's, it's going into a trade or whether it's going to college and studying medicine. or It's always better to have a teacher. You know, some of us love to just to figure it out, the guys in the room who, who get the instructions of something and they just throw them away and try to figure it out on their own. Um, but it's always, life is better when we have someone who's walking next to us teaching us how to do something. And tonight we want to talk about prayer and how Jesus is the greatest teacher when it comes to prayer. Jesus is the greatest teacher when it comes to prayer. This is the thing about prayer. Consistent, uh, consistent private prayer is the primary way to have a relationship with God. And some of you are like, okay, yeah, we need to pray, Jake. But here's the reality. Without consistent private prayer, 
we cannot have a relationship with God. Let that sink in. Without consistent private prayer, without it, we cannot have a relationship with God. And this is the essence of our life. The essence of Christianity is Jesus died to save sinners so that they could have a relationship with the living God. But without consistent private prayer, we can't have a relationship with God. And, and prayer is something so simple, yet it's so complicated. It's a confusing thing, and we don't want to act like we don't know how to pray. But if we were to really, really, really get down to it, a lot of us don't know how to pray. I, I thought I knew how to pray, and then after a while, I realized I had no idea what I was doing, and, and it really, it's about relationship, and if you think about this, um, um, who's single here? Who's single? Okay, I'm, look around, look around, okay? I'm kidding, okay, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, what does he keep, what does he put on the screen? Alex is always playing tricks on me back there. So... When, you, when, you, when, you're ha when you're in a relationship or when you're going to pursue a relationship, it's usually a good start to talk to them, right? Like, if you want to date someone or you're interested, usually it's a good idea not to just slip into their DMs, but to actually go and talk to them. Um, ladies, would you agree? Yes, okay. Um, so it's usually good to talk and to build a relationship. And, and, and when you're in a relationship, usually it, it's good that you talk and spend time with each other and communicate. And if you're married, um, it's a really important to talk <laughs> and, and, and learn how to relate to one another and learn each other. And the deeper you get in relationships and the more committed a relationship is, the more communication it requires. If I don't talk to Abby for three days, like uh, that's not going to bode well for us, right? If I ignore her, no, because the level, of, the level of commitment has to match the level of communication. Like, you don't expect to talk to your third cousin, do you? No, but you expect to talk to your parents, maybe. Maybe you expect to talk to your best friend. And so the level of commitment that you have in a relationship, the communication needs to match that. And here's what I've noticed about Christians is that we're really good at attending church, but we're actually not that good at prayer. But I'm not condemning anyone because I don't actually think anyone's ever taught us how to pray. I think we've talked about prayer. I think pastors have preached about prayer. I think we've scolded people for not praying, and we've told you how to have your prayers answered, but we've never actually sat down with someone and said, hey, hey, kindergarten class, this is how you pray. Because we almost think we're too mature for it, and I don't think we are at all. So the level of communication, or level of commitment needs to match the level of communication. So if we are the bride of Christ, if we have a, a relationship with Jesus, then we need to talk to him. And we need to, to sacrifice and set aside time to actually build a relationship with, with our God and with this person who came to lay down his life for us. So the primary way we have a relationship with God is through prayer. Okay, Jake, we know, blah, 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 we know it's about prayer. Okay, we know this, we know. Yeah, we already know. We should pray and read our Bible. That's what every preacher ever says. And listen, slow down, slow down, slow down. Let me tell you a story. So I'm gonna, I have a picture of a, this is my, it's kind of a bad picture, okay? Because it was in the snowpocalypse of uh, 2010. Who remembers the snowpocalypse of 2010, okay? So 10 years ago. 
So this is my senior year of high school, and we had like four days of, of school that, that were canceled because we had a snowstorm that brought in like 24 inches of snow in a night. So that was my, but that car on the left is my red Taurus. Her name was Tori. And I didn't have a better picture of Tori, so this is the only one I got. So that's Pastor Bernie right there, my dad, uh, standing by the car, and that's my little brother Joey, whose head's poking up over the other tourists. But my tourist was a red tourist. That, I have so many stories about that car, like the time where the, um, where the gas tank just fell out while I was driving, <laughs> and the time where I went to fill up my gas tank and I took the key out of the ignition and my car was still running for some reason. Um, there's multiple, multiple stories about Tori, but she was a great, like, 18-year-old. Like, you know, like, when you're 18, it's like a level of competition of who has the worst car with your friends. <laughs> it's like, who has the worst car, you know? Like, Tori definitely was right up there. Um, so, but I remember this story with, with when, when I had this car, I'd, I had a friend, and some of you, uh, some of you know this friend. He's from church. Uh, he d he's not here tonight, but... Um, my friend loved to give, like, people a hard time. He was, like, a, you know, like a macho guy, like a macho man who tries to be more manly than everyone else. Um, this, was, this was one of my friends, and, and, and he, he asked me one time, like, if I knew how to change oil. Like, do you know how to change your oil, like, on your own? Have you ever had it where, like, you feel like you should know something, <laughs> but you don't know it? But instead of owning up to the fact that you don't know how to do something, you lie and you say, oh, yeah, I know how to change my oil. Who's ever done that? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. Just me? Okay, yeah, some of you. Okay. So this is what I did. That's what I did. And then long story short, it came out that I didn't know how to change my oil. But there's this, the point is, is there's this feeling of embarrassment that comes when you feel like you should know how to do something, but you don't actually know how to do it. And I had that when, I, when my friend asked me how to change my oil with my, with my, my ride to tourists. And I feel that's the similar feeling that, that most of the church sits in when it comes to prayer. Somebody asks us, do you pray? And it's like, I remember, I, I lead a small group of ninth grade boys. And I asked the small group boys, do you guys know how to pray? Every single one of them said yes. And I asked them, okay, how many of you can, you, can you pray to close our small group? And every single one of them said no. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then I ask them, how often do you pray? Oh, I don't pray. But you know how to pray. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know how to pray. Well, then why don't you pray? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's this, this natural instinct to, to say, oh, I know how to pray because everyone knows how to pray because I'm a Christian, because I go to church. And if I say I don't know how to pray, I'm going to look like I'm dumb. And I feel like that that's the way the state of the church, not at large, but for a large portion of people, we've never been modeled how to pray. So then why aren't we praying? It's never been modeled to us. So I want to I go through some things tonight, and I, I think it's going to help us. This series is going to go all the way through the month of January, and we're going to build upon it every single week. So even if you miss a week, you can catch back up on another podcast. And I believe no matter where you're at in life, whether you've been a Christian for 20 years and you pray every day for an hour, or whether you're a Christian for six months and, you've n and you don't know how to pray, or whether you've been a Christian or you're not a Christian and you're really searching this God thing out, I believe that this can lead each and every one of us closer to God. This series will. And it can if you apply yourself. So we're going to start off in Luke 11, verse 1. Luke 11, verse 1. This is Jesus uh, talking to some of his disciples. It says, Once Jesus was in a certain pla uh, place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. 
just as John taught his disciples. So here we have it. The disciples are going to Jesus. They'd already been, been hanging around and following Jesus for multiple years. And after multiple years, they finally get, get the guts to come up to Jesus and say, hey, teach us how to pray. And Jesus goes on, and, and this is the first point of this, uh, about the talk tonight, is that we actually need to develop this, this, this heart or this humility that comes to the Lord just like the disciples did and says, teach me to pray. It's this humility that says, I, God, I don't know how to pray like I ought to. Would you teach me how to pray? You see, some of us in the room do pray consistently, but if I really hard-pressed you and I asked you how effective your prayers were, I'd be curious to see how many prayers of yours are answered. And not that I'm like judging you based on how many of your prayers are answered. And I would also ask you, I've also met a lot of people who pray a lot, but they never actually ask God for anything. Because they're afraid that if I ask them, it doesn't get answered, then they get a little bit of weird feeling inside. So instead of just asking God for things, they just don't ask him for anything because they're just like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on me and God and the relationship. I don't need anything. But when you really look at scripture, it talks all the time about prayer, especially Jesus. Jesus was constantly asking you to receive if you believe. Whatever you ask for in prayer, if you believe, you will have it. He says, ask, seek, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. Jesus was very, very, very concerned concerned about you and I asking him for specific requests that he would grant that he would get the glory for. You see, prayer is about an intimate relationship between you and God, but it's also about an expression of one's life that when God's favor shines, not money and all that other stuff, but I'm talking about a kingdom lifestyle where your life gives glory to God. How can God, how can God get glory if he never answers your prayers? How can God get glory if your life looks like everyone else's? You see, but it's in the secret place of prayer where Jesus wants to teach us how to pray just like he did. Where he wants to teach us to pray effective prayers that make our soul healthy, but also lead us into a place of deep connection with God so, that the, so our light can shine so the world can see. And so this, the heartbeat that I want us to catch here tonight is really found in Matthew 5, verse 3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What, the, what, this is, what this is communicating is this idea that we need to have a spirit or an attitude about ourselves that says, God, I do not know how much I think I know. I need you to teach me how to have a relationship with you. I need you to teach me what I do not know. I'm going to be poor in spirit. Act as though I have nothing and come to you so that you can give me everything. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We're reading a book right now with our team. So me and Alec and Bethany and, and Tiffany and Vicki. Um, we're reading a book right now called Teach Me to Pray. It's a, it's a book about prayer. Go figure. And, and it's an amazing book. It's written by a guy named Andrew Murray who was uh, alive in the 1800s, early 1900s. And this is a quote that Tiffany, uh, in, in our conversation that we had about the book that Tiffany highlighted that I want to share tonight. Um, this is a quote from the book. Though in its beginnings, prayer is so simple that even a small child can pray, it is at the same time the highest and holiest work to which anyone can rise. 
No, even a small child can pray. It is the highest and holiest work to which anyone can rise. Prayer. So I want us to view it like this. Prayer is our access unto the unlimited resources and connection and relationship with God. Because we can't have a relationship with God if we don't pray. So prayer is the door. It is the avenue in which God actually teaches us what he's given us. Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And talks about all these amazing gifts that God has, has given to us, amazing uh, uh, favor that he's shown to us in the spiritual realm. We have every spiritual blessing. And the way that we access all of the spiritual blessing and all of the spiritual gifts and the spiritual fruit is through prayer. It's not through church attendance. It's not through listening to sermons. It's not through going to worship nights. It's not through going to any of these things. The only way to access the unlimited resources of heaven, the unlimited resource of peace, of joy, of love, and of self-control is personal, private, consistent prayer. It is the highest and holiest work that anyone can be called to. And yet, I believe it is the thing it, I, yet I believe that the church at large, and even in young adults in our church, most people do not pray consistently. They might pray for their food or pray before they go to bed, but I'm talking about carving out a section of your day just like you would if you were going to meet someone at Wild Roast, or whether you're going to go meet someone at Starbucks, or whether you're going to go out and meet your boys at B-Dubs. I'm talking about carving out time and saying, God, I am going to carve out this amount of time every single day because just like in a marriage relationship, I need to carve out time, God. You are the priority of my life, and I know that everything that I need is found in the place of private and consistent prayer. You see, but a lot, we like to come to these things where like, you know, I, and I love Mike Benson. I love Robbie Dawkins. I love like these amazing experiences. We're like, okay, I want to bypass all the work. And I'll just go to like a night of worship. I'm going to bypass all the work of prayer. And I'm going to go get prayer from some preacher. And that's not how it works. That's not how it works. No, listen, does that stuff help like catapult and, and give momentum to your life. Totally, God is amazing and he flows through people and he, he loves you, meets you where you're at. But I'm talking like, this is real talk that if we don't pray consistently, we're never going to get where we want to go spiritually. Private prayer is the, is the secret, not secret, it's the essential ingredient to spiritual growth. Knowledge is not the, the essential ingredient. Intelligence is not the essential ingredient. It's a humble heart that goes to God and says, God, teach me how to relate to you. God, I don't know how to pray. Would you teach me to pray? Oh, it's so good. Alec, in, in, our, in our little talk about this book, Alec uh, Duzan did a, highlighted a quote, and it says this. The powers of the eternal world have been placed at its prayers disposal. It is the very essence of true religion. It is the channel of all blessing and the secret of power and life. 
Through prayer, God has given everyone the right to take hold of him in his strength. It is on prayer that promises wait for their fulfillment, the kingdom of God for its coming, and the glory of God for its full revelation. This is prayer. This is what God is inviting each and every one of us to. Doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what your family's like, doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter what your age is, doesn't matter what your gender is, anyone can come to God and he will meet those who have faith to search for him. And he says, if you search for me, you will find me if you search for me with your whole heart. I don't know about you, I want to find God. Like, that'd be, that, like, to find and behold and embrace the God of the universe, I'm up for that. I don't know about you. And so, this is the thing, is that having this humble heart where Jesus teaches us to pray, so I want to give you three keys. I want to give you three uh, keys to igniting a fire for prayer, okay? Three keys to ignite a fire for prayer. Here's the first. These are all very practical. Uh, find your place. Okay, I love Michigan football, even though they suck. I know, we have any Alabama fans here? Okay, don't raise your hand, okay? Uh, okay, worse. Any Ohio State fans in, in here? Okay, come on, stop, stop. You're just trolling me now. Okay, so I love Michigan football, and, and I went to a game. I went to the Ohio State game in, like, uh, 2015. Um, you can throw that picture up there. I went with my little brother, Jared, and I went with my older brother, Adam, and then a, a friend, uh, Dylan. And, uh, and we went to the Michigan game, sat 50-yard line for Michigan-Ohio State. And, like, at Michigan football stadium, there's 112,000 people in one stadium. Like, it's massive. You can throw up the next picture. This isn't our game, but this is, like, a picture of what a Michigan football game looks like. And if I were to ever grab a picture that I think represents young adults in 2020, I think this picture represents our, our generation pretty well. It is so busy. It is so loud. It is so consumed. It is so, it is so distracted. It, it's like Snapchat, notifications, it's Instagram, it's YouTube, it's cat videos, it's all these things. It's like, it's literally so much exposure to media, to, 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 to data, to information. It is like, it is like overexposure to the max. Have you ever had it where you go in this a building, maybe you're an introvert, and you're like, you get into a big room, and there's a lot of people, and you have like a panic attack? That's, this is literally like, this is that, and this is our generation where it's so loud, it's so consumed, we, we never take breaks, and this is the condition almost of what I feel like is of our soul. We never slow down. We never, we never put our phones away. It's so busy, and, and the first step is find your place. You can, you can put that picture down. It's, it's taking a spot every day and saying, this time is devoted to prayer. Not reading a devotional, not watching a sermon, not doing it. It's literally putting the phone in the other room. It's being quiet. And it's learning how to pray. Some of you are like, that's boring. I'm not, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Trust me, you, we are not wasting our time when we pray. It says God is, God is spirit and he's unseen. And so when, 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 when we live in such a materialistic world, what we actually have to do is force ourselves to not have exposure so that our spirit can actually strengthen its muscles. Because a lot of times we don't, we don't practice, we don't, 
know, put our spirit in a position where we can actually hear God's voice and be, and be challenged and convicted. And we get in this space to where our spirit is almost, experiences atrophy like a muscle will. Because we never take space, we never actually hear God's voice and we never actually respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we, we continue on our life and things that used to bother us don't bother us anymore and find your place. Whether that's your room, whether it's in your car, whether it's on a, going on a walk, carve out that space for private prayer every day. Some of you are like, I can't do that every day. Listen, do it every day. And if you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. Just do it the next day. And if you miss two days in a row, guess what? You're better off doing it again than beating yourself up. You see, because God is about relationship. He's about connection. He's about, he's about transforming us from the inside out. And the way that he knows that that happens is through relationship. And find your place. Matthew 6, 5 through 6 says this. When you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Close the door, get alone, and pray every day. You want to have your best year spiritually? Pray every day. It seems pretty simple. Here's second thing, kind of goes along with the first. Find your place, develop a discipline. A lot of times with spiritual things, we feel like we have to feel it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I have to be led by the Spirit. You know, like, or, or I just don't feel it today. Ever felt that? Like, I just don't feel it today? Guess what? When you don't feel it, that's when you need it most. <laughs> like, I don't feel like praying today. Uh, uh, ding, ding, ding. Probably a good sign that you need to pray. <laughs> like, don't not pray when you don't feel like it. That, that doesn't make any sense. When you don't feel it, even pray. Develop a discipline. Do it every day. Make a goal. 21 days. That's, that's what it takes to develop a, develop a habit. She say, you know what? 21 days. I'm going to shoot for 21 days in a row, never taking a break. I'm going to pray every day for 15 minutes. I'm going to pray every day for a half hour. I'm going to pray every day for 10 minutes. Whatever you decide, develop a discipline of prayer. Develop a discipline. Jesus, I'm going to shoot off a bunch of verses. In Luke 6, in Matthew 14, in Luke, Luke 5, in Mark 6, in Mark 1, in multiple other places... It would say things like this. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountain to pray. Jesus had to pray. I'm telling you this right now. If Jesus had to pray, you got to pray. <laughs> Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, felt it was necessary to carve out time in his day to pray. I think I need to do the same. Mark 1, 35, in, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Develop a discipline. Develop a discipline. So how many of you like math? <laughs> Come on, I love math. Okay, I'm going to give you a little break here, okay? You got, th you got uh, let's go two minutes, okay? You got two minutes to solve these math equations, okay? Or we're going to go through order of operations, PEMDAS, okay? That's your, that's your one trick, PEMDAS. Order of operations, here's your, here's your problems. Ready? You have three minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Ready? Go. Oh, the bottom one kind of got cut off. You can still see it. Oh, no calculators. Come on. I'm like your third grade math teacher. Show your work. Who's totally confused? 
Who, does, who sucks at math? It's all right. That's what iPhones are here for. Okay, who's got the first one? Yell it out. Oh, nice. Who's got the second one? Negative one. Nice. Okay, who's got the third one? Who's got it? Someone in the back. 39. Way to go. Give yourselves a hand. You passed, you passed fifth grade math. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? So the thing about PEMDAS in order of operations and solving an equation is you have to follow the correct order in order to get the correct answer. That if you're out of order, that you're, you're going to get the wrong answer. And Jesus actually gave us an order of operations for prayer. He actually gave us a model prayer to follow. And the third point, three steps to igniting a fire for prayer, is follow Jesus' model. I've, uh, I'll say this. I've been a Christian a long time, okay? I grew up in the church ever since. I, I said the sinner's prayer at least 24 times from the time age 5 to 9. You know what I'm talking about? Back in the day, I used to get a Bible for every time I raised my hand, so I would just raise my hand every week. I'm like, I want a new Bible. <laughs> I was going to get saved. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so I've been saved for a long time. The only time I ever prayed the Lord's Prayer was on my varsity football team, and we would do it before we went out for a game. In the past six months, four months maybe, I've been praying the Lord's Prayer every single day, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt, it's revolutionized my life. It's revolutionized my prayer life. I've never done it before. And I thought I knew how to pray. I was like, if you would ask me, can you pray? I'd be like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm a pastor. <laughs> like, you don't think I know how to pray. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm joking for those of you who don't know me. Um, but I, I felt like I knew how to pray. I was confident in, in, like, praying on my own. And then I started praying this way, and it changed everything. Changed everything. Because the order was correct. You see, so many times I, I got the order out of whack. Whether I was praying for myself or, or just praying for things that, that, that weren't as important to God as what he, did, he directs in, in Scripture here. So Matthew 6, 9 through 13 is the Lord's Prayer. And it's not a prayer in which we, which we need to memorize, but it's a prayer, a model that directs us the things that we should pray for in the order in which we should pray them in. So it says this, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so what I, during the next four weeks, we're going we're gonna to go through the Lord's Prayer piece by piece. And what I want us to uh, focus on tonight is this simple phrase, biblical prayer starts with God and ends with me. Look at this. It says, our Father who is in heaven. The first step is, is realizing God is our Father. The first step is realizing, God, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Like, you, you've adopted me. Like, you're my dad. Like, everything that you have, God, you've, you've made available to me. God, you love me. You love me so much that you adopted me. You chose me. This is, this is the first step. Second step is, hallowed be your name. This is all about worship. 
realizing God's holiness, his perfection, his majesty, how he created the earth by speaking. It's like, what? Like, literally, like, when, when, when Moses goes to... Mo goes in, he goes in front of Moses. The backside of God goes in front of Moses, and Moses' face like shines. It's like what, like what, what is what? The, the disciples go up to on Mount of Olives, and and, and and not on Mount of Olives, the Mount of Transfiguration, and go up, and Jesus is glorified, and they literally just fall on their face because God is so perfect. He's so perfect that literally, when imperfect beings come into His presence, they literally die. Like, he, this is our God. He's holy. He's holy. This is the second part. God, you're holy. The third part is your kingdom come. It's like, God, it's, it's not about my life. I'm not coming to you for me. I'm coming to you because I want to see your kingdom done in the earth. I want to see, God, I want to see depression, anxiety, and suicide eliminated in my city. God, I want to see my friends, my top ten most wanted list, I want to see all of them come to know Jesus. God, I want to see, I, you get what I'm saying? Like you're praying things that are on God's heart. And then it, so we start with God, we end with me. Because God does care about you. <laughs> like he does not want you to not pray for you. He does want you to pray for you. Just in the right order. Then it says, give us this daily, our daily bread. Just God, give me today what I need. Give me today everything that I need. Forgive us of our debts. You know what's a really healthy thing? At the event, end of every day, go into your, your prayer closet pray this prayer, get to that part, and say, God, I'm s sorry for not trusting you. I really do want to trust you, God. I, my heart really does want to, I'm sorry that I don't trust you enough that, as I should. I want to, though. You know how good that is for your soul? Every day going to the Father saying, God, I might have missed it. I don't want to miss it, but I'm sorry that I did. And the next part is forgive your debtors. Every day. It's just such good for the soul to be like, God, I release anyone. I release that jerk who cut me off. <laughs> I release my mom for trying to control my life. God, I forgive my dad for, for being distant. I forgive my, my sister for, for ruining Christmas for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all these things that can, can fester in our soul. It's just like, God, forgive them. And then it's do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot one. Give us today our daily bread. Oh, I did that one, right? I did that, okay. And then do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You see, this is, this is a model. Follow Jesus' model. And now you can break off from it. If, if, if think, I'm not telling you to be like super like religious and route like in, in, in doing this, but I'm saying this is the model that Jesus gave us. And I think we would do very well to follow the model that Jesus gave us instead of trying just to figure out on our own. Because I think Jesus is a good teacher. So I want to end, end with this quote that we read earlier. Though in its beginning, prayer is so simple that even a small child can pray, it is at the same time the highest and holiest work to which anyone can rise. My challenge to us in 2020, in this first month, is to develop a rhythm of prayer in your own personal life. And I promise you, it will change your life and it will be your best year yet. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we, we, we come to you just with a, a humble heart, God. We just ask that you teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, God. God, right now, there's a, there's a seed and there's a spark inside each and, every, each and every life, God. This spark that desires and only wants to know you, God. I pray that that spark is lit tonight, God. 
that going to God in prayer is no longer a, a duty, but it turns into a joy for our group, God, and anyone who's listening to this message tonight. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you'd be glorified through our life, that we would be transformed through consistent private prayer. That, God, you would teach us how to love you, how to live for you, and how to follow you. We love you. Amen. Amen, God. Thanks, guys.